0: Welcome back to the AP Euro Recap Podcast. This week, we're going to be talking about the scientific revolution and the Enlightenment. Um, This week, I have Eubin and James with me. And let's just dive right into it. So to start off with the scientific revolution... Before these new um, scientific thinkers came along, what was the um, kind of precedent
1: and idea around science? Well, Aristotle sort of created this model uh, many, many years before the scientific revolution called the Great Chain of Being. It was basically like a hierarchy of of things in the universe. It went all the way from like the lowest level, which was like regular objects, like trees or stuff like that not trees like like you know inanimate objects like rocks all the way up to like god at the top and that's sort of governed europe for for a long time that ideal yeah
0: and i feel like that also kind of leads into that like people thought the earth was like the center of the universe and stuff and like god was the center of the universe Mm -hmm. um but as we get later on we have new thinkers like Com- Copernicus challenging these ideas. So what uh, what ideas of Copernicus challenge those old ideas?
2: Well, he challenged them by saying he realized that the old math that determined stuff like the universe was wrong. And that he logically concluded that the sun was the center of the universe. Mm-hmm. Although originally, he wasn't exactly accepted for his new ideas, as many of the scientists previously I thought he was just crazy. and thought he was an idiot. And it didn't take for quite a while. Nearly a century. Until anything he took was taken seriously.
0: Mm-hmm. And then you have people like Gala- Galileo. That started to observe the universe. And like space and stuff. And all these um, ideas. New ideas about science came about. And this is when um science started like battling religion in a way and like they had conflicting ideas a little bit so in the medical world people thought that sickness came from the four humors um which I don't exactly understand exactly what the humors are which I think that's the point that you don't really understand them they didn't either but, people started thinking that there was another reason besides these four, whatever they are. and um, Yeah. So, anything else on the scientific revolution?
2: Well, there's also advances in astronomy.
1: That's right. And,
2: And that includes the fact that the Earth, the way the Earth moves compared to other planets in the solar system. And it was discovered that the planets move in ellipses rather than circles. And they were affected by some force from the sun. And Mm. people realized that the closer you were to the sun, the more the planet moved.
0: Mm. And that's probably why they were able to figure out that the sun was the center of the universe or the center of the solar system, you should say, or I should say, whatever. Um, and it's important to note that there were two main bodies that were kind of funding and spearheading this research, the English Royal Society and the French Royal Society. And there's two, there's a difference between each of these. Does um, anyone want to talk about that one difference?
1: Sure. The f- English one was not, um, was not supported by the, the country. It wasn't, it wasn't like a public institution. Uh, it was funded by like donations and stuff like that. But the French Royal Academy was uh, funded by the government um, and the government sort of controlled all of that it sort of shows the difference between the, uh, the ideologies between the two countries when it comes to this scientific revolution. Not everyone was super on board with it, but um, eventually I think everyone sort of came around. Yeah.
0: And yeah, um... They, in the French Royal Society, being state-funded, they were able to spread their ideas because they funded journals and stuff that people could spread out. And, you know, this state-funding aspect is pretty important of why the scientific re- revolution was um, kind of, like, started and stuff, because they were able to fund better technology, like telescopes, to look into the sky and stuff and better universities to get people um, to like learn about this uh, about science and um, one important thing to note is that these the early scientists um it wasn't like like say copernicus it wasn't like they rejected god altogether they just thought let's Maybe the way we think it works isn't necessarily the way it does work, and they just wanted to, um, think and understand the universe better than they had because no one really experimented and thought about the how it worked that much. So, does anyone have anything else on that topic?
1: Mm, not really. Um, I think we should mention just before we go uh, that the scientific revolutions where we sort of start seeing uh physics sort of come into play with all the science stuff um and it sort of leads to new technologies later on yeah and dumb kids taking physics that's
0: right
2: yeah you're mad <laughs>
0: <laughs> so should we go on into the enlightenment yes okay sure so, anyone want to kick us off on that?
2: Well, um, the Enlightenment, it was basically a result of all the influence happened by the scientific revolution. And the Enlightenment had people like John Locke and many other people coming up with new philosophies that really shaped how people would think. And... Uh, yeah (laughs) yeah
0: yeah so it kind of um as people were like having new ideas about science they thought like well isn't like the way we think like maybe also a um like area of science that we need to be thinking about so that was pretty important
2: the philosophes were people who created the enlightened ideas And they dedicated themselves to exposing the real societal problems and proposing many solutions. And in fact, the group of philosophes was mostly made up of French people. And they could be found in both the American colonies and other places in Europe. And they lived in absolutist societies that were not tolerant.
1: And I think it's cool to point out that, you know, France was also the country that had the publicly funded a scientific revolution uh society so it just kind of shows you you know france kind of uh kind of you know really involved with this sort of stuff
0: yeah that's good um so these phil- philosophers made like a few topics that they really wanted to um dive into And um, really examine in the society, which was reason, natural laws, happiness, progress, liberty, and toleration. And I'll give you an example. You'll see that one of the podcasts, um, I don't know if it'll be, it'll be after this. I'll submit it after, but that we did for class was a um, debate between a scientific revolution person and an enlightenment person. And I had Emmanuel Kant. And he was very into the reason part, like the way we think and should be based on our ethics and like, we really need to, the way we think should be, um, really based on like good works. And he was like saying that, well, if, when you decide to do something, you should think, well, um, do I want to live in a world where what I'm doing, everyone is doing? So like if I'm stealing something, do I want to live in a world war where everyone is stealing something? And it's like, well, I don't. So maybe I shouldn't do that. So that's just an example of one of the like reason that people were thinking about new ideas about their society. So continuing on, um we had some new um processes of like religious thought so we had like catholic and then it split off to protestant like we had protestants too um but everyone's still kind of like still very religious so now we have a new ideology called deism does anyone want to explain that
1: sure Deism is sort of the belief that God created the universe, but then sort of left it alone. Uh, lots of people would use this, I guess, as to, uh, to justify uh, easily the, the tragedies of the world. You know, an argument you hear when it comes to religion is like, well, why would God let this happen? You know, we're talking about a huge tragedy. So that's uh, what the deists sort of used to justify, you know, but God is real, but he doesn't really involve himself. Uh, it was sort of a emotionless form of religion. Uh, Usually like Catholics and Protestants would believe that God is a involved part and we have a personal relationship with him. But deists did not believe that they believed that he was just a figure in the sky who was watching his creation play out. Yeah. And might I add, uh, there was another sort of religious, uh, belief or should I say non-religious belief in the form of atheism and if you watch the brain shock podcast you can see atheists (laughs) uh specifically Dennis Diderot uh he was a famous atheist they believed that there was no god uh which was obviously at the time a huge crazy uh you know very out there sort of belief um you know people uh thought that was insane to believe that there was no god this is when they sort of uh, started to pop their heads out of the crowd, so to speak. Yeah.
0: So um, that's kind of the new ideas of religion. So, and a big thing that um, we need to examine is how does these ideas kind of affect the society in this. Right around the 17th century is when this is all happening. So how do these ideas um, reflect on society? So one thing that I'll add, I'll first touch on about like medicine is like you kind of see like the plague, like kind of disappear. So what are some other ways that it kind of showed on society?
2: Well, for one, women start getting some attention, at least. Uh, Many of the philosophers believe they should get equality, and they argue that women should have access to education and intellectual life, because before this time, women really were just either used for political reasons or just always under the position of men, and they weren't really independent in their own way, or had equal rights, at least.
1: Yeah, and that was sort of steeped in in the religion, in a way, because... The Bible does say that you know men should uh, that women should like listen to their husbands and stuff. So this sort of straying away from religion sort of relates to the women getting more attention. Yeah, and um,
0: another effect of the scientific revolution is like the agriculture revolution, Um, and more people were having better ways to produce food and this just chain had a chain reaction of like better diets and stuff. So that's one thing about that. And, um, a big part of new ideas was people were starting to think themselves, like not just these big philosophers, other people, like just regular people were starting to think about, um, like new ideas of like um, maybe the government or just like morality or anything like that. And these kind of came from uh, like the saloons and stuff because um, this was like a public place where people could think through their ideas, talk it out and stuff like that. So I thought that was pretty interesting. One effect of these ideas was that the philosophes they started to, Um, urge these monarchs that they needed to give power to the people. So what are some few examples of when these monarchs were starting to step down
1: and give power to the people? Well, you could use Catherine the Great of Russia as an example. Uh, She would invite many, uh, well, not many, but she invited a couple uh, of Enlightenment uh, philosophes to her court. Uh, She actually um, supported Russia's first private printing presses, which were sort of unrestricted um, ways of having information spread, which sort of uh, definitely helped the movement of the Enlightenment spread, um, and by extension, gave more power to individual people rather than the government. Yeah. Uh, Yuvan, do you have an example?
2: Which one did you just talk about? Catherine the Great. Great. Okay. Okay. Use Frederick. Frederick, okay. Yeah. So you got Frederick the Great from Prussia. And he was... Uh, he supported scientific agriculture. He prepared a unified national code of law. And he also abolished the use of torture, except for treason and murder, so only in extreme cases. And he encouraged Huguenots and Jews to immigrate to Prussia. And he had a relationship with junkers who were nobles with land and he was a firm believer in social order and he strengthened the junkers privileges. That's right. But he was
1: also considered himself a servant of the state. You know, he wasn't totally with that enlightenment stuff, but he did try to give more power to people. Yeah. And then we have other monarchs like
0: Joseph II who would do kind of little like helpful things for the people like he abolished the um robot or which was the like forced labor system so kind of like helping the people out that's a few examples of how monarchs were influenced by the enlightenment ideas so i think that's it for this week that was a short um podcast but uh I think we kind of delivered the main ideas about the enlightenment and the scientific revolution. So I hope that uh, y'all have had a good Thanksgiving week because this is Friday after Thanksgiving. So oh
1: yeah, anybody have anything else? Um, be sure to watch the brain shock podcast. Okay.
2: It's remember uh, free use promo code <laughs> and light to get a free 720 no a free month of YouTube premium that's right wow that's that's, right. that's a little ambitious sponsored by Dollar Shave Club
1: that's yeah. an Amen to that really uh, i want to leave everybody off by saying uh <laughs> love you <laughs> have a happy Be sure to do your homework because you don't want to do it on Sunday night. Guys, make sure to not do that.
0: Yes. Thank you, James. Amen. We'll see you next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.